I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yellow Sports Canada. I'm Yosu Wenlu speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lose by a score of 120-103 to 103 against the New York Knicks. This game was a lot closer than the uh, the game final score suggests, which um, has not been the case for a lot of Raptors games. It's actually quite been the opposite in many cases where the Raptors look like they're very close, but in fact they actually got blown out. This game, the Raptors were really tight and really in the game against the Knicks. Kind not right down to the wire like it was last time, but um, very very competitive game, very very good game. Honestly, very quality game of basketball. And yeah, first off, you gotta give the Knicks a lot of credit, man. They've won nine straight. They look like a team who won nine straight. They look like a team that would win nine straight. They're super super confident. Which is um, something I've never seen out of a Knicks team before. I've never seen a Knicks team play with swagger, play with confidence. And, like, uh, you know, it's funny because you look at the names on the paper and you're like, these are, largely speaking, the same guys that were on the Knicks when the Raptors used to just, like, come through and wash the Knicks. But these guys are way more confident. I think Julius Randle's made some real improvements. You know, uh, RJ Barrett has undeniably improved. But... They're just good. I just don't know what to say. They're good. They they execute well. They play hard. It's a classic Tom Thibodeau team. It really is. They really lock down on you in the paint. Although the Raptors did do a really good job getting into the paint, but you know they're they're better defending the paint than most teams in the NBA. And then offensively today, I mean they made every single shot as a team, which I think takes a lot of confidence. And I think obviously the guy led leading that charge was Julius Randle, who my goodness was he good tonight man I mean I know the final style line doesn't even look that crazy I mean yeah it's a 31 point game 10 rebound game from Julius Randle you know is that no I'm telling you like the number of tough shots this guy was making was ridiculous and it was like absurd to to watch it to be honest because the Raptors put OG and Obi on him and OG has done a really good job on Randle you know earlier this season this is way back in December but he shot like 5 of 13 um, you know, matched his physicality down low, didn't get him to the paint, played, you know, the defensive strategy against Randall 
Like, you might have to rip up the old scouting report because the, the scouting report before was obviously don't let him get to his left hand. He's a heavily left-handed, uh, left-hand dominant player. Don't let him get into the paint. He's very strong. And OG did all that. was great. And, you know, pressure him to taking contested jumpers. And that's what OG was doing. He wasn't contesting all these jumpers. But Randall, my goodness, the shots that he was making. Like, he's not even elevating that high. He's just six foot nine, And he's just shooting over the top. And, like, we're talking long mid-range jumpers. We're talking, like, threes. We're talking everything, man. This guy was just hitting hilarious shots. Um, and, honestly, that takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of, like, actual tangible improvement to make that. And that's probably why he's going to get most improved player at the end of the season. To be honest, Randall's having, like, he's basically having the year Pascal was having last year. Um, you know, I think there are probably ways where Randall is better than Pascal. Um, and I think especially now when you look at their games. Just comparing last year's Pascal to this year's Pascal, you know, they're probably equivalent, uh, maybe without the three-point shooting. But yeah, Randall's kind of having the same year Pascal's having last year, except the fact that he's making even tougher shots than, than P was doing last year. And uh, he did a great job just leading this team from the front. The Knicks were really, really scorching offensively. And then, you know, they got other guys to contribute. You know, I thought um, Reggie Bullock gave them a really, really solid push there in the second quarter. He hit like three threes. That gave them, you know, a nice little cushion there. And then R.J. Barrett and Derrick Rose were really good in the second half. Um, you know, R.J. in particular. But I just think that yeah, they played with a ton of confidence, man. It really felt like every Nick was a threat. Which, like, you can't really say that about any other Knicks team that I watched. Um, you know, obviously there was the, the, the Lynn Sanity year. And the year afterwards, they did even better. I mean, Carmelo, um, Tyson Chandler, um, J.R. Smith. Like that, you know, they were that was just a Raymond Felton, I think, was, was on that team, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they were doing really well that year, too. Shumpert, but um, I don't know. It just feels like very much like the whole Knicks team was mad confident. And why would you not be? Because they were making a lot of shots. Like, you know, they finished the game shooting 16 of 31 from three, which is 52%, shot 56% on the game, period. And that was great. I mean, not, that was great. It's not great to see, but it was really impressive to see because I, you know, I've not seen a, you know, an effort like that from the Knicks. But listen, they're, they're, they won nine straight, and they look exactly like a team that would have won nine straight. And I would say the Raptors didn't even play that badly. Um, you know, I thought the Raptors made in that first three quarters they played some really quality basketball. The execution was really good. Knicks are a really good defensive club, so they're going to make you really work for your buckets. The Raptors moved the ball beautifully. They had guys shooting with confidence as well on their end. And they were looking pretty good. You know, I thought Fred had a really nice game. Sensational game, really. Um, OG had a really, really good game. You know, Pascal had a really good game until the fourth quarter. And then it was a... Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a little bit of fourth quarter P was happening with some of those turnovers. Um, But, uh, you know, the Raptors were playing pretty well through three quarters. There's a lot of good things to see from this game. And I think the way the Raptors moved the ball was really, really nice to see. I mean... 31 assists against only 7 turnovers. Uh, that's excellent. You know, the Raptors did a really good job protecting the basketball. And really, two of those turnovers were just at the end there by Pascal making two plays sort of... Well, how would I describe it other than, you know, basically the game-losing play against the Knicks last time the Raptors played in the Garden were uh, sort of indecision in the moment kind of reads where he kind of flubbed them. But... Raptors did a really good job moving the ball. Played really unselfishly. Played well as a team. And, you know, you can point to things like, yeah, Kyle didn't really shoot the ball. But the starting five really did the 
they just did really good work um, for for the majority of the game. I thought maybe late in the game they gassed out just a little bit. Um, I do think that uh, all those guys played approaching 40 minutes outside of Ken Birch, who had its minutes limited not because he wasn't effective, but just because the Raptors needed a little bit more offense on the floor to make up the gap at the end. So, okay, fine, you, you sort of, uh, you know, you go that way with him. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, the Raptors starters played well. They just had to come in really early, like around the nine-minute mark. You had four starters on the floor just because the Raptors bench was just not giving it tonight. And, you know, I don't want to put it all on the bench necessarily. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it, but I'll just have to leave this number with you, okay? The Raptors bench was outscored 43-11. Uh, to 43-11. 11. to 11. So you're losing... The, you're losing by 20 you're losing by 32 points in the second unit right like the high score was Gary Trent with four shots or four four uh four points and he was a minus 33 he literally did the inverse of uh of his of his jersey number um like wow that's that's hard to that's hard to see that, that's a hard number to look at and the fact that he was the leading scorer primarily because he took Pretty much every shot that was available to him. Um, I know it's not as uh, outlandish as some of the other figures, but you know Gary Trent of late has definitely been very, very willing to shoot, given the green light to shoot, and he is taking that green light and he's 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 driving right through it. Um, but yeah, the the second unit just was not good. I mean, you compare to their counterparts, right? They got like Taj Gibson was coming in and, and putting spin moves on Freddie Gillespie and getting the garden hype and getting the bench hype. I and mean, would you not be hype if like Aaron Baines came off the bench and put a spin move on whoever, on whoever, you know, I guess Taj Gibson, like you would be hype. Like, you know, everyone would be excited because it's unlikely, but Taj was legitimately outworking the rookie on a 10 day deal, which that can't happen. That just can't happen. I know Taj Gibson is an experienced guy. He knows what he's doing, all this other stuff can't happen. Cannot be outworked by a 35-year-old, man. You can't see me on this podcast being outworked by Alex, for example. And then Derrick Rose, 19 points off the bench, just cooking guys, right? Crossing people up, handling the pick and roll, closing out the game as well. Um, Alfred Payton is really not really that good at all. So, you know, D. Rose closed the game, and, I mean, he he, he was crossing guys up, and he was dropping guys off. Like, he really was. Um, And some tough floaters in the lane, you know, the, the type of stuff that... Uh, Derek does on a basketball floor, and even quickly off the bench, you know, getting open for threes, Obi Toppo making his threes, like, that's just the kind of stuff the Raptors weren't getting off the bench, they had Utah make one three, and that was all of Utah scoring, and that was also all of the bench's three-pointers, the Raptors got one three off the bench, the starters made 16 threes, the, the Raptors bench made one, and that's hard to overlook, um, I'm not, and, you know, and... It was tough to see sort of the execution off the bench because, you know, there were a lot of these lineups with like three bench guys with two starters or even four bench guys with one starter. And the bench unit who have been playing so well as pretty much the starter unit of late were not able to execute and play together as a team and deliver on that front. And that was disappointing to watch for many reasons. Um, One, because you hate to see progress like that legitimately stalled uh, in a game where you do have to you know, come up and play hard against a team that's as hot as any other team in the NBA at the moment, playing as well as any other team in the NBA at the moment, uh, you would expect to see that test be passed, and they were not. Um, they did not pass that test. They, they 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 failed this test. Like, it was organic chemistry. Like, it was really like, wow, you're literally 
sitting at your desk with like the isotope in your hand or whatever, the little stick diagrams, and you're like, yo, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm gonna have to take this course again. Like that's that's what the bench lure looking like out there. It was sad to be honest, um, because you know these guys had made real progress. You look at a guy like you know Gary. I don't blame as much. He has had been. He did really well with the starters, to be honest, right? And it's a starting group is an easy group to play with in the sense that there's a lot of ball movement. There's a lot of creators in that group. And when you are playing in there, that group, it's easy to sort of get looks uh, that are clean, that are open, that are set up for Gary to hit. Second unit, Gary has to come in and create. So the ball would rotate and swing. They run their offense, but the ball will stick in Gary's hands. Then he'll try to attack because he feels responsibility to take some of these shots, and that's killed his efficiency the last two games. You know, um, have, have I mean, man, what, what was he last game? I mean, what was he this game? Two of eight this game, which doesn't even sound that bad because as compared to sort of watching the result itself. And then let me just look up his number from last game because since moving to the bench, it has been tough, tough slutting for Gary Trent. Gary had. Uh, Five points on two of nine shooting against Brooklyn. So pretty much the exact same result. And you're not seeing much assists on that front because he's mostly just coming off the screen with the defender on his hip and trying to shoot a mid-range jumper, which you're not going to get a lot of assists that way. Trust me, I watched like all of Demar's sophomore season. It, it didn't go well. Um, but yeah, that was tough. And then Watanabe, I mean, you know, I think the more disappointing thing with Utah was, A, no rebounds, right? Like, really? Utah, like, that's one of the things Utah does really well is rebound the basketball. 14 minutes, zero rebounds. That's unacceptable for Utah. And then second, just getting beat on line drives. Back-to-back plays by by, um, by R.J. Barrett. Just driving on him. And Utah, for nothing else, needs to be able to guard. We know he can guard. We've seen him guard. And, he, you know, R.J. is a, a tough player. He's a top pick and things like that. And, you know, a very, very talented player but you got to be able to contain him on a, on a just a line drive like that's come on like at least make rj beat you with a move or beat you with a jumper or do something like just letting him drive right in that that's that's not the way utah plays and freddie gillespie like you know he might as well have been singing party in the usa last <laughs> in this game because <laughs> like tosh gibson was making him do the cat doggy the way he was doing it in the video it was it was tough to watch and then the toughest guy of all was malachi flynn who Comes in for six minutes on the first half. Um, I think he drew a three-point foul, which was great to see. And he hit two of the three free throws. But otherwise, nothing. Like, literally nothing. And he didn't even get to play in the second half because the Raptors decided to run more with Fred and Kyle. And Kyle wasn't even having a good game at all. One of eight from one of, one of ten from the field, or eight from three. Just, and some, you know, b- bad misses, quite honestly. Um, but still, like, it was... It, it was still more than what Malachi was giving them. Like, this guy had zeros across the board. And that's the thing, though. Like, I, I do feel for him in that sense because in six minutes of running the point, it's going to be a little bit tougher, right? It's a lot tougher than when you know you're starting, you're, you know you're going to play 30, 35 minutes. Even if you know you're going to be the backup guard, you know, you could come in and sort of be more patient and kind of ease into your game. Off the bench, like, that's so, so, so much harder. And we just have not seen Malachi being that effective off the bench, quite honestly, all season. This reminded me of early season Malachi, where we were looking at him like, yo, what can he do other than dribble and and take a contested jumper? Like, this was kind of on that level in terms of um, the emptiness in his production. But he didn't even get to play. And that's the thing. Like, 
Raptors bench was just disappointing. And the, the Raptors starters, like, by the time they came in the fourth quarter, like, they did have something in them. Like, they made a couple of plays or a couple of missed threes there. Pascal had an open three. OG had an open three. Those guys were hitting their shots pretty well tonight. And if they made those shots, then the Raptors could have been in the game a little bit more. But they just kind of ran out of steam towards the end. And that's why this game ended in a blowout. The game was fairly close. Uh, but, you know, they just, um, I mean, you can't play the starters 48 minutes. You know, even Tom Thibodeau didn't play his starters 48 minutes. He didn't kind of have to, to be honest. So, um, in terms of some of the positives, I, I thought, you know, one, the, for the first three quarters, Pascal played really, really well. I played his role really well, which I know we all want him to, like, be the sort of takeover player. Listen, not, good things don't really happen when Pascal takes over, especially against a, t- a defense like the Knicks who have good size. Like, they're putting random on him, who's stronger. And then they have Nuttner Zoel who can uh, help with, with his shot blocking. And we saw that late in the game. Nerlens with a spectacular uh, block on, on Pascal for one of his four blocks. But um, what we need to see, though, is that if he can't take over, which are there are real matchups where he can't take over, but if he cannot take over, then what he needs to do is be a good supporting piece. And today, Pascal played that supporting role really well. Basically, Pascal is doing some OG stuff, um, which... Yeah, I mean, play some defense, right? I thought Pascal did a decent job on the ball against Randall. One time you let him go to his left, that's inexcusable. You that has to be the number one item on the on, on the on the scouting report is don't let him go left. Um, but I thought Pascal did a decent job defensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, just offensively, mostly just hitting the threes on the outside, five and nine from three. That's really good. Uh, obviously, if he's you know his three point shooting has taken a dip significantly this season but he was hitting this sh- uh, shots tonight guys were leaving him and stuff and he was open and he was taking the threes and that was great that to see that he made those threes um you know you would have wished on a couple of those drives he would have finished them off you know i think he had a few on randall that kind of just spilled in and out kind of open looks to be honest but you know for the most part i thought pascal played well um in his role i think og played exceptionally well in his role and i know that his role was to shut down randall there's nothing more you can do than what OG did. Didn't let Randall get into the paint. Didn't foul Randall. Didn't really pressure. Like, didn't really, like, um, leave him open either. Like, he pressured the jumper. He pressured passes. You know, like, everything. It was it was difficult. But Randall just made all those shots. So there's nothing you can really do about that, right? But um, I thought OG gave his best effort there. Didn't, didn't really mind what he did defensively. And then offensively, OG was great. I think OG, you know, of late, is playing... Kind of almost reminds me of like the the rhythm that Norm got into in terms of a guy who's like super confident in knowing what he's going to do offensively, knowing where his shots are going to come from, knowing how to play off the attention that the other guy draws, knowing how to get open. So not not only is OG getting sort of like being spoon fed open shots, like he's getting open, and yeah, and you can see in the results the last three games over twenty points in the last three games. It's the first time in his career he's done three straight games of twenty plus, but he's just. You know, he's just taking his offense and sort of scaling it upwards more. Like, I think he's taking more threes, more willing to take threes this year. Obviously, he's doubled his three-point attempts from three per game to to six. And, yeah, I mean, he's just playing well. I don't know what else to say. Like, he's the shots are in rhythm. Um, he's playing within the flow of the offense, and, and he's getting open. You know, there were there's occasional times where he drives inside and sort of, like, forces it just a little bit, and, like, Raptors called a few plays from out of timeouts, you know, got a mid-range jumper, missed it, stuff like that. But, 
I mean, all the important moments that you needed OG for, he was there for today. It just wasn't enough. But he played fantastic. And I thought Fred VanVleet was sensational. Like, sensational. 27 points for Fred, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. Uh, he said he was really ampli- he was really amped up to play in the garden, you know, with their fans and obviously with the fact that um, they had fans in the building. That that helps. So it wasn't like a morgue in there. I mean, sometimes you, you with these limited crowds, you know, you can... You know there's fans in the arena. Like, there's fans in Tampa. You don't hear anything, though, right? Because, obviously, they're not really rooting for the Raptors. Uh, maybe some of them are, and shout-out to the Raptor fans who are there. But otherwise, you know, it's dead. And, it's like, you know, and then, yeah, in, in the Mecca, like, it's legitimately loud. Like, you can hear all their chants. Like, you know, uh, you can hear the MVP chants for Randall. You can hear, you know, the RJ chants for, for RJ Barrett. Like, it, you can hear the energy and the excitement after plays and stuff like that. And I think Fred responded well to that. And plus, Fred just had a really nice game overall. Like, I don't really know what you can nitpick. I know people are probably like, oh, Fred got blocked once, so trade him. Okay, that's you're stupid. But, like, um, Fred played fantastic. First off, 11 assists with zero turnovers. That's that's sensational. And he did a really good job of creating. I think in the first half, he was more needed as a scorer than in the second half. I think I had 17 in the first half, 10 in the second half. Um yeah, just getting open. The you know the, the bench had basically uh, screwed it up the first time when they first played in the first half, and it was you know put the Raptors in a hole. You know Fred was the one that sort of pushed them out of that hole, taking two pull up threes in transition, um, like Carmelo did famously against I think the Bulls. I don't know something like that. There's a there's a great Carmelo game in the Garden where Carmelo hit some threes against Luol Deng, and. That was the highlight of the next season. Honestly, I'm happy for the next. I don't even want to sign up this team. I, I honestly really would like to. Uh, <laughs> it looks really fun to bandwagon this team at the moment. In any case, um, Fred played fantastic. I, I really like the way he got to the rim. He, the, just the aggressiveness he played with overall. The ball didn't really stick in his hands. Made the right reads. I think Kyle really did a lot more of like the set up the play up top on the, the top of the floor and you know Fred was you know more creating off the ball but even when Fred was on the ball he was still creating an 11 assists Fred played sensationally and I thought honestly weirdly enough the Raptors had some of the best success against Randall defensively with small guys on him which is not what you would expect obviously Randall's and I don't think that's sort of sustainable like I didn't think the you know Nick should have just had Fred on Randall the whole game that would have been weird and I'm sure Randall would have found a way to be efficient that way, especially going inside. But, you know, I, I think Fred crowding him, taking away his space, using his quickness to sort of keep Randall in front, being tough, pressuring the guy, you know, showing help, doubling. Like, the Raptors had really good success with smaller guys on Randall, which is, you know, not what you would expect. But, yeah, Fred really competed, played really hard, and, you know, just wasn't good enough to get the win. I don't know what else to say. The Knicks also, by the way, they, they also just made some pretty tough shots, and I think Nick was... Um, saying that, I mean, you look at guys like Obi Toppin, 20-some percent shooter from three, hitting three threes. Um, you look at Derrick Rose and the contested shots that he was making. Taj Gibson giving you nine off the bench is rare. Uh, R.J. Barrett, good for him. I mean, listen, if anybody's going to beat the Raptors, it would be R.J. Barrett. But, yeah, I mean, especially Randall. So. But you got to give the Knicks credit, man. They, they're playing with tons of confidence. I think that the Knicks are playing with the kind of confidence that I have not seen from the Raptors pretty much all season. I know what a confident team looks like. I think you know what a confident team looks like, too. A team that's sort of like guys are taking shots out of there, guys who are, you know, and, you know, even with some of the lesser-known players, those guys stepping up and making their shots, contributing. 
and just being generally tough. Like, if a couple of shots don't go in, it's fine because they they feel confident in the next shot. Like, Knicks got the, the Knicks really got some confidence from Swagger right now, and the Raptors, you know, even though they're on the win streak. And I think at times they would play well, but I never really felt like the Raptors had that confidence in them themselves, especially with the second unit. So it is what it is. The Raptors kind of had to figure it out. I mean, they got the Cavs coming up uh, on Monday. So that, I mean, I don't want to count the chickens and things like that, but the Raptors have played the Cavs um, really well the last time the Raptors played them. Maybe the Cavs are looking for some revenge. We'll see. But, you know... Uh, you, they, they have their team. They have stability at center. I think Ken Birch played well again today. Again, every single game, I'm just impressed by Ken Birch. He's, you know, dunking the basketball, catching on the roll. Uh, the Raptors are also having Birch pass out on those uh, pick and rolls. You know, often the Raptors guards are being pressured at the top of the floor. Birch is rolling hard, so that's an easy target on the hit. And then you know the, the Knicks or the defense sends a third defender. Then Birch has to then spray it out. And he's done a good job with that too. So really no complaints. It's just they have the centers, they have the sort of the lineups, and if they want to make a push for it, they got to make a push for it. And to be honest, they got to beat teams like the Knicks, right? Because this is like a playoff game. Like this, th- this was an, this was a playoff game. Sometimes you know in the playoffs you can say, well, you know, in the in the regular season you have the luxury of looking at games like this and being like, well, the Knicks made all these shots, whatever. Like you know that's not going to keep happening. That's fine. That's totally fine when you have another game to play. In the playoffs, like these kind of games will happen. Teams will shoot fifty six percent from the field. Got, star players will make a bunch of contested shots. You have to live through it. You have to play through it. And you're going to need to have a consistent, you know, rotation who were, were there's no let up. Like you, when, the, when the Knicks went to the bench, you hardly even noticed because they just continued to play at a high level. Whereas when the Raptors played, went to the bench, it was like the bottom fell off for them. It was like a car without wheels. Like it was like that. Um, you know, and, you know, that that's that's what makes a good playoff team is having that kind of consistency. Um, and having that kind of confidence. So, listen, the Raptors need some of these wins to continue for them if they want to go that way. And if they want to go the other way, then, you know, it is what it is. I'd be kind of sad, to be honest, because it would really mean that a lot of these guys just weren't good enough. Um, and that would mean some larger changes in, in the grander scheme. So I'm I'm pulling for them personally, but, you know, I totally understand. You know, <laughs> when you look at the box score, actually, now that I'm looking at it, uh, it is pretty funny to see 27 for Fred. Who is your first star tonight? 27 points for Fred. Um, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. 40 minutes, 50% shooting from the field. 10 of 20, 5 of 10 from the 3. Got to the free throw line twice. Should, really should have gotten there more, but whatever. You got 27 for Fred. You got 27 from your second star, which is OJ and OB. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. 9 of 16 shooting, 6 of 11 from the 3, and 3 of 4 from the free throw line. And then your third star, Pascal, 26 points, 8 of 19, 5 of 9, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal. Had some turnovers late, you know, had some missed shots late, but, you know, was really good through three quarters, so I can't take that away from him. Outside of those three guys, no other player scored 10 points. Um, you got 8 from Birch, you got 4 from Kyle, which, wow, that's that's low. Uh, 2 from Freddie, the new Fred, um... Three from Utah, two from Malachi, and, and four from Gary Trent. Who was a minus 33? That's, wow, that's tough. He was on the floor for some tough moments. But, uh, you know, that's just not going to get it done. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henson award winner, that's got to go to RJ Barrett, who once again killed the Raptors, man. I mean, again, and, and if anybody were to kill the Raps, it would be the man from Mississauga uh, who loves his team. And hopefully, you know, we'll keep that in mind six or seven years Five or six years from now, basically, when uh, he becomes a free agent or anything like that. In any case, 25 points for RJ, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 
in 38 minutes. Uh, you know, 8 of 16 from the field, hit 3 of 7 from 3, which is great. That's what he needs to do. And got to the free throw line. He's a crafty player. You know, broke down Utah a few times, 6 of 7 from the free throw line. Played great, honestly. Um, really happy for RJ. And I think it's, like, really cool for, like, star players to come to, to come into winning situations. And I know the Knicks weren't a winning situation last year and only are a winning situation this year. But this is what you would ideally like to see is a young guy who can come in and sort of play a secondary role while other guys in the team know how to win. And I think it takes, like, a special humility for some of these star rookies to come in or sophomores to come in, sort of play that role to have that confidence. But I think RJ's, you know... He's he's a bit overlooked. He really is. I mean, it was kind of like a two-player draft that seemed that way after last season. Obviously, Zion was Zion. And then John Morant was Rookie of the Year. Ja was sensational last year and still a very good player. Um, but RJ is, you know, as, at three. I mean, listen, he's very, very talented. Not a lot of 6 eight guys who can now hit the three, play hard defense, be unselfish, but also create a shot, get to the free throw line, play tough around the basket. Um, RJ was sensational, man. Plus 23 tonight for RJ. 25 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. So, that does for the podcast. Thanks for, for listening. The Raptors um, will have a very busy week next week, man. They have uh, Cleveland, and then they have um, the Nets again, which, you know, listen. <laughs> the fact that the Raptors handled the Nets easily, um, but then, then got smacked by the Knicks is... Uh, Pretty wild, man. The, the the Knicks are really good. Uh, what a what a world. Um, and and the Nets, by the way, I just watched them beat uh, the, the the Celtics last night too. So um, then you know that's obviously not going to be an easy game. But the Raptors have played the Nets pretty well this season. They've obviously won their first two matchups. But then starting Thursday, they go at Denver, at Utah, at the Lakers, and then at the Clippers. That is going to be a difficult week. By the way, the Raptors play five games next week. I love when they do that. Um, this means I'm going to be working a lot next week as well. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's basically make or break on the season right there. And if you're looking still for the playoffs, which, you know, I guess we are, um, the Raptors in the standings as we speak are the 12th seed. We are a half game back of the Chicago Bulls once again. Yikes, that's... That's tough to look at. And in terms of your tankathon rankings, if you are interested in that, the Raptors are the eighth best record. Yeah, we're the eighth best record or for the for the lottery. Uh, we're a half game back of the Kings, who just lost um, De'Aaron Fox for several um, weeks, and so yeah. You know, depends on which way you want to go. Honestly, now that I'm sorting the, the standings by point differential and, and win percentage, like literally every team is in the red. You know, Houston's minus 7. Timberwolves minus 7.5 points per game. Magic are minus 8. OKC's minus 9 point differential. Every single team is in the red except for the Raptors at plus 0.6 in the middle of all of these um, tanking teams. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's tough. What can I really say? But listen, the Raptors have a ch- they have the, their fate is in their own hands, and hopefully they do what they want to do with it. So thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe to the Raptors Reaction Newsletter. You know, you know the deal. The link's going to be in 
the podcast description and yeah i will see you monday first off actually monday i will see you monday for the live call-in show me and josh are going to be taking calls on monday at noon uh eastern and we'll look ahead to the games and look back at some of these results and yeah tune in for that you can watch live on the yahoo sports um canada youtube page and then yeah monday raptors start a busy week and i'll talk to you then Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.